Hi, this is Jim Peck, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson, the law author, guest Emmy-nominated writer-producer Phil Savinick. Like most of us, Phil spent the first act of his life watching television before devoting his second act, spanning more than three decades, to creating television, television programming, particularly variety television, including many documentary programs, including the undersea world of Jacques Cousteau, and that's Hollywood. Phil has devoted his third act in life to interpreting and expressing the impact that television continues to have on all of our lives around the world. Toward that end, he turned his living room into a museum dedicated to television called the History of TV. The mission statement of the History of TV is to recognize Philo Farnsworth as the inventor of television and to cement Farnsworth's legacy. All of the items on display at the History of TV are available for viewing online right now at thehistoryoftv.com. Before we forget, I just have to say, just looking at the uh, array of, of sets, it reminds me, and I'm sure, and, and, and yet there's more. There's, there, there's a <laughs> shelf of many portable sets. Yeah, there are about 100 TVs in my living room. Thank God none of them work, so I don't have to watch what's on TV. But I'm sure you had this growing up. Anyone listening had you know, to us had this growing up. Up the street from my parents' house was this uh, television repair shop. And it was this tiny, tiny room that just seemed to go on forever and it was wall to wall cramped with televisions logged on top of each other and a couple of times I had to either get my VCR fixed or my portable set fixed and I was always kind of worried whenever he would take it and just plop it on something because what if they fall but it's like he knew what he was doing and he knew and he knew exactly where to locate stuff and it's just this is nowhere near as claustrophobic as that guy's shop was but the different sets that I see bring back memories of that of that place. What do you think this is? Uh, that looks like a mini uh, cathode ray or tube. It's actually a flashlight. Oh, it's a flashlight. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, it has great significance because this was the first wireless remote control. Oh wow! You shot the TV set with a flashlight. Do you have a picture of this? It saw the yeah sure. Okay. And that's on the website. Okay. And the TV would see the light, and it would change your channel. It's this green, it's this little green thing with the zone, with, with zenith on it. It's a green with a red switch. It looks like a phaser from Star Trek. So this was the very first wow. zenith uh, remote control. Space Command. Huh. Yeah. Z oh, no, this was the Flashmatic. The Flashmatic, okay. Because it was a flashlight. This, the Space Command was this one. Where maybe your your uh, listeners will recognize the sound. Yes, the clicker. The clicker. Yes. So that became the next the technology, and then they went on to infrared and yeah. all the other things. But yes, we began as a flashlight. I'm trying to remember. Actually, it began as Philip. Go change the channel. Yes. No, I don't. Because growing up, I don't remember my parents. We, we we had one of those big councils, but I don't remember having a remote control. So if if we needed to change, either I would change it or my dad would change it. But you would physically have to do that. I don't, I'm trying to remember when I had my first remote. For me, it was probably back in the late 80s, and it looked more like a VCR Yeah, 56 thing. or 7 they started. They did sound. They did light. The problem with this was a car drove by and shined in your window. It would change your channel. This one, if you rattled your keys, it would change your channel. Yeah. So that, that's when they had to go to light waves. Yeah. And that actually worked better yeah. uh, in many ways. 
You're listening to our visit to the home of Phil Savinick in January 2020 before the national lockdown. Phil is giving us a guided tour of the many vintage television sets he has on display at his virtual museum, thehistoryoftv.com, where he honors the memory of Philo Farnsworth and expresses the many ways in which television continues to impact all of our lives. One of those forms of expression are original paintings. Oh, the paintings. I went to art school. Yes. And I knew that I was going to have a career in television. And these aren't, these are three-dimensional paintings. Yes. Well, yeah, they are. And I thought, well, you know what? If I only end up doing one painting a year, I'll never have a body of work. I'll never have a show. Unless I put a television set in everything I do. Then at the end of 20 years, I'll have 20 paintings and I'll have a body of work. Well, I have more than 20, but actually uh, there are 11 of them on display at the museum in Toronto. And there are about another 20 here. And I call them televisionary art. Mm -hmm. And uh, this one over here, which resembles uh, the pile of televisions you were talking about at the store, I call a TV scape. (laughs) So that when people ask me, I would say, well, an artist paints the environment that they live in. If I was alive in the 17th century, I'd be painting landscapes or seascapes. Because I lived in the 20th century, I paint TV scapes. Yes. This one is, basically I took an old Betamax and took all the pieces out and combined them with toys. And there's the American nuclear family in black and white watching their TV exploding. <laughs> now so, this, this, this. Oh wait, the, I got one more over okay, here. One right. more over here. I, I will, uh, there are two more I'll point out. These were recent within the last few years. Yeah. Here again is a family watching television. Now the television set itself is a toilet seat. <laughs> <laughs> so you made this. Yes. So the family is actually watching the image on the toilet seat, and what does it say? Real, real eyes, real eyes, real eyes. There you go. All spelled differently. Real eyes, real eyes, real lies. So obviously my my adoration of television has dimmed somewhat over the time. I never wanted to do a clown painting, but I had to do one anyway because that's what TV's become. And it says it's news because we say so. And there, of course, are all of the TV anchors in purgatory. (laughs) So it is a clown with dollar sign eyes and uh, the TV cameramen are skeletons and the angels have machine guns and it's pretty much what our news is about these days. And of course the whole painting is on fire. Yes. So that is my televisionary art. We have our shrines, we have probably some of the most amazing examples of television including this one, which was when, before electronic television, it was going to be a scanning disk system. I remember, yeah, I remember. And you would watch through a little viewer here, yeah. and you'd, as, the, as the holes went by, it would show sort of silhouettes. Even if 14 Philofarns were looked at this and said, it'll never work. The only thing that should move are the electrons. And this is sort of what it looked like. Yeah. You would look in, a, it was bigger, but you'd look in the viewer and the disk would spin by. Sort of a variation of a phonograph. Similar to a photograph that, that sort of casts shadow. But this would spin a couple hundred revolutions a minute. Yeah. You'd have to have your eye there. It was not a particularly safe yeah. uh, system. And most of them were do-it-yourselves. You know, you'd buy the parts, and, and if you didn't electrocute yourself, there still was nothing to watch. Well, this is fascinating Artifacts stuff. here I will point out. 
for no reason at all, except for I think you might recognize them. Here are two of the most significant hats in the history of television. Okay, one is a Mouseketeer hat. And it is signed. It's signed by Annette and Cubby. I got to work with both Annette and Cubby, and I brought the hat along. There you go. And this one, what do you think that hat is? I'm that little, oh oh that's the hat that Mary Tyler Moore threw up, threw up, tossed in the air at the, the at the end of the opening of the Mary Tyler Moore show. Yeah, that is correct. Not yes. many people recognize. Directed it. by uh, Riza Badigi. Really? I think I think that opening sequence was directed by Riza Badigi. I'll have to look that up. Yeah. I uh, wrote and produced the Mary Tyler Moore show, 20th anniversary show. Yes. And we asked Mary if she still had the hat. And she said, no, actually, when I threw it in the air, I never picked it up. <laughs> it just got swept away. We didn't think it was going to be anything. Yeah, I threw the hat in the air. It fell yeah. in the street. I don't want it. So we had the costume sketches. We made another one. Cool. So in the show, she throws it in the air. She didn't pick it up. Yeah. She didn't take it home. So I did. There you go. Phil Savinick's virtual museum honoring the legacy of Philo T. Farnsworth, the inventor of television, is available for you to see right now at thehistoryoftv.com. There you'll also see many authentic artifacts from the golden age of television, as well as mementos from Phil's years writing and producing television, including the replica of the hat that Mary Tyler Moore tossed in the air at the end of the opening sequence of the Mary Tyler Moore show, and the most impressive collection of vintage TV sets that you will ever see. For more information, thehistoryoftv.com. For more on Phil Savinick, Phil Savinick, S-A-V-E-N-I-C-K, PhilSavinick.com. Attention timeshare owners. This is an urgent consumer alert from the Timeshare Exit Hotline, a national company specializing in helping consumers legally get out of their expensive timeshare contract. Our experienced partners are offering you a way to legally get rid of your timeshare. You'll never pay another timeshare maintenance bill again, and all your obligations will be terminated. You can begin saving today. Even if you've tried another company to get rid of your timeshare, call and see if we can help you. At the Timeshare Exit Hotline, we only accept payment after an agreement has been made to get you out of your timeshare. Make this complimentary free call and learn how our honest partners can help anyone, anywhere, legally get out of their timeshare nightmare. 800-715-6093-800-715-6093-800-715-6093. That's 800-715-6093. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411. Or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.